Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we take one final look back at the Cleveland Browns 2020 season, take our first look towards the Browns in 2021, and look into getting our hands on some 5,000-year-old Egyptian beer. I am joined again tonight by three of the best ever. Tommy Burke is here. Hey, Gerbs. How's it going, buddy? It's good, man. Phil Danko is here. Hey, Gerbs. Glad to be here. And we are joined as well by smiling Chuck Aww. Rambaldo. Chuck, hey, how are Gerbs. you? Good, buddy. How about you? I'm all right. Tommy, let's start with you tonight. The Cavs announced today that they are sitting Andre Drummond pending a trade. How do you see this move impacting your crush on Drummond? And do you think that relationship can survive the long distance? This is like a real question that I actually can answer. My crush <laughs> is weird. definitely taking a hit. <laughs> well, you know, some of your opening questions are off the rails. My crush on Andre Drummond is definitely going to take a hit because obviously I, I think that he's a, a quality player. Hopefully we get something good for him. Nothing's going to be on his level, obviously, and nobody's going to look as good. You know, it's it, it hurts. It's, it sucks that I'm never going to see him in a Cavs uniform again. Just like everything else, you know, COVID, this... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are on the same level. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, mask up, Tommy. See if you can get through this. <laughs> I'm going to get the chubby. All right. As why don't we go into our first segment, which is going to be looking back. And I want to take us all the way back to the opening game of the season when the Browns played the Ravens and the Ravens smacked them around 38 to 6. And Phil, I'd like to know what your thoughts were and your expectations were for the rest of the season after watching that game. Were they A, here we go again. B, Trevor Lawrence already looks great in orange, so that's good. C, if I skip watching Browns games, I can spend more time following the presidential election coverage. Or D, this is a playoff team that might win the division. Wow, with those options, I'm going to lean towards A. Uh, actually, that's probably exactly <laughs> what I was feeling at the time was, you know, here we go again. Um, a Browns team that can't win the opening game no matter what. A Browns team that came in with super high expectations and they looked terrible. I don't think I felt as bad as, oh, here we go, we're going to get Trevor Lawrence in the draft. But during that first game, I felt 6-10, and 7-9 and nine kind of Brown season, which... Uh, thankfully did not come to fruition. Chucky, how about you, man? You remember what you were thinking after watching that first game? Oh, hell, here we go again. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that's that what I egg. thought. A little more of the same. Kind of felt like the year before where, man, new Browns, and then they got stomped. It was utterly disappointing. I don't know if it was get ready for Trevor Lawrence disappointing, but yeah, it, it felt all too familiar. How about you, Tommy? Uh, I'm going to go with E. Here we go, 2021. Um, <laughs> load up. That, that was just a smackdown, and it just felt awful after uh, you know week one, and it just was very deflating. Definitely did not think, oh, you know, hey, Trevor Lawrence is in our future, but it definitely was not a good way to start the year, and definitely kind of felt like, yes, here we go again. It's going to be one of those seasons, and not going to be fun. I think A is definitely the right answer because that's how I felt too. It's just once again, nothing's going right. Maybe we've got the wrong coach. Maybe we've got the wrong quarterback. Here comes another. I'm not even sure I thought seven and nine was looking possible after that first game. This looked a lot more like five and 11 or worse after that first game. So Chucky, what do you think turned the Browns around from that first game terrible start to what happened for the rest of the year? Uh, for me, it was it was actually the week after where it looked like they're going to lose the game to the Bengals and Baker throws that backdoor dime 
to Peoples Jones to score that touchdown to win the game. And I felt at that point, well, this isn't the same team. This isn't the same old Browns. It was like he's he's made a pitcher perfect throw, a game they would normally find a way to lose. They found a way to win. I thought it might be a fun season. I didn't I didn't think they'd end up the way they did, but it was that that touchdown was like, man, that was a hell of a throw, a hell of a catch. And I feel real good about it. That was some Cherry Creek magic right there. Right? Yeah. That was, I was say, <laughs> yeah. Basically, we were what turned it around by <laughs> right. watching that game on that trip. Interesting stats. Just a couple things that hit me over the course of the season. In the first eight games, the Browns defense gave up 35 or more five times. In the second half of the season, that only happened twice. And for all of the talk about Baker and his turnaround, uh, he his numbers were actually pretty consistent all year long. He wasn't throwing that many interceptions early in the year. Pretty much the same completion percentage, yards per game, and interceptions in, basically for the entire season. Beyond that one shining moment that flips it around, Phil, big picture for the Browns last year. What was the key to getting them to the type of season that they had? You know, it almost felt like it was just a matter of Baker Mayfield for sure. And that offense kind of every week, they kind of found their rhythm in a different way They, I remember a stretch in the middle of the season where they won, they won maybe three out of four games in three completely different ways to answer your question. Maybe it's, it's more, they just became more comfortable with their identity and from Stefanski down, you know, it was something that, all right, we know we can go out there and throw the ball if we have to. We've got this two-headed uh, monster in the backfield if we want to run the ball. It felt to me watching the season like they just became more and more comfortable with the scheme they were running on the offensive side of the ball for sure. And the defense, you know, they they played well enough to win a bunch of games and not, never to lose more than one in a row, I believe, right? They never lost two games in a row this whole season. I don't think so. Did, did anybody check on that before they we started didn't. tonight? Yeah, they, they <laughs> never right. lost. Yeah, they haven't talked to anybody about it either. Tom, what do you think the most important thing for the Browns was on defense this whole season? Obviously, I mean, the secondary struggled all, all year. So really, I mean – to keep us in games, we really had to rely on the front four. You know, for the most part, did a good job. Again, they got banged up too. Uh, you know, Garrett was out with the COVID and did not seem like the same player when he came back. But somehow the defense managed to at least still keep us in games even when you, you thought they couldn't. I mean, it, they really had a lot of no-name guys that kind of had to step it up and fill roles. And we didn't have a lot of depth. We were going to our third string DBs in some cases. We were somehow managing, though, to stay in games, which a lot of that, I guess, you know, also could be attributed to the offense staying on the field. Because if that defense had to stay on the field for long periods of time. Yeah, and scoring 40 points a game sometimes will help a lot with the defense that is having trouble stopping people. So, Chucky, what do you think the biggest surprise was of the season? Ooh, how with such little preparation with a new coach, new playbook, that the team got better and better every week. They looked more comfortable. Sometimes I was blown away, like the play calling and the design of the plays were like, I've never seen this in Cleveland. It's exciting to see. So I, I think it was that. That was the most surprising thing is that learning that much every player a, a new blocking scheme even and they and they pulled it off and they did a really great job with all facets of it at least offensively that was the most surprising phil who is your favorite player on this year's team uh billy bosa <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah number 97 on the field but number one in our hearts right uh i don't know that that's a hard call my favorite player 
I'm an old man now, Gerbs, as you know, and uh, I, I haven't really thought about having a favorite player on any of the Cleveland's teams in a long time. I kind of <laughs> have, have been forced, for lack of a better description, into rooting for the, the uniform, not the, the players. If I had to pick a favorite player on this year's Cleveland Browns team, I'm going to pick, let's go with Nick Chubb. Okay. I like Nick Chubb. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. <laughs> I like his attitude. I like his demeanor on the field and, and his stiff arm that buries defensive backs and linebackers alike into the turf. I like that too. And you see on social media, he's already started working out oh. for next season. Nice. He's already lifting. He's already getting ready. Tommy, how about you? With us? He's not doing push-ups with us. Come on. I don't know if he's doing them with us. He may be <laughs> yeah, doing more than us. I'm sure so. he's doing yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> he can um, all of them. For me, it was, it was easily Nick Chubb. Actually, uh, that's where I was going to go, and then Phil stole my thunder. But what I love, what I love about Nick Chubb though, is he just goes out there and plays. You don't hear a word about him. You know, he scores Barry Sanders style, hands the ball to the ref, walks off the field. He just does his job. And the times when you know he could get upset because Cream Hunt's taking carries away from him, if he's upset about it, he doesn't show it. So he's the perfect team player, and obviously he's very, very good as well. And we wouldn't have gone as far as we did with, without him. I just love the way he plays the game. The guy's a professional. How about you, Chuck? You going with Nick Chubb, too? I'm going to go in a different direction just because everybody else went with Nick Chubb. It, it might be split a little bit, and it's a weird choice. I, I think it's it might be Jendrick Wills this year because he was a kid who never played left tackle, and he was a rookie, and they just said, hey, move over here, buddy, and see what you can do. And secretly, his comedic timing is excellent in those commercials with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so I had no idea he is good. how likable I would find this guy. I, I think yeah. he's probably my favorite player, but like a close is, second. Is he the dude in the progressive commercial, like with the yeah. book club? Yeah. 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 I had yeah. no yeah. idea. Yeah, he's great. I and thought that was the kid from the blind side. Yeah. <laughs> I had to figure that out too. I had to look it up and I'm like, I wonder if that's him. And I look it up and I looked at his picture. And I'm like, that is him on there. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't know see these guys without helmets most of the time. You don't know who they are. Kareem Hunt might be a close second just because every role he could fill, uh, whether it was a, as a running back or catching them all the backfield or even a slot receiver sometimes. And I appreciated how violent he is when he runs the ball. I, I was super impressed with him and didn't think we missed much of a beat with Nick Chubb out, even though he's all of your favorite players on the Browns. So it was my second, to be fair, it was my second. <laughs> yeah, true. Hunt was going to be mine for the same reason, Chuck. I just loved watching that guy run the ball. Yeah. Uh, he was so much, and it seemed like he was working every play to show that the the Browns made the right choice to give him a second chance after he got in trouble, and to keep him around and to sign him through a few year deal. And he wanted to show that he was worthy of that every single time he touched the ball. And I thought that was fantastic. I think it's interesting that none of us picked Miles Garrett because he might have proven all season long to be this, the single best player on that team. But I guess maybe we would have if he hadn't gotten COVID. Okay. Dysfunctional, erratic, still learning, comically inept. More than just terms that my wife uses to describe my skill set. These are also all terms used to describe the Browns culture just since Jimmy Haslam took over. <laughs> So, Tom, in 2020, have we seen a shift in the Browns culture, or is it too soon to tell? Uh, we've seen a shift in the culture. It has nothing to do with Jimmy Haslam. While he did make well, a good, I understand that. Uh, <laughs> while he did make a good, good hire in Stefanski, nobody thinks he definitely nobody. has nothing to do with this. <laughs> no, I mean, it's this is a team now that in so many of those games where you know we would look at it and say, this is a game that the Browns would find a way to lose. They would find ways to win. And that's a big thing for them to learn was just how to finish games. And, you know, obviously in years past, even when they had talent, they just never 
could finish games. But that's that's something that they learned to do this this season, and I think it's something that will definitely carry over into next into next season. Now, this is a group that goes in there, and and like I said, I think in one of the earlier podcasts, I this is a team that when they go out there, I expect them to win, and that's never something that we haven't had that in a long time. So I, I think that they're going to build off of that add some key pieces and i think the confidence level is really high in that in that uh, facility what do you think phil new culture or too soon well i, I definitely feel like there was a culture change uh, this season I, I guess it's too soon to stamp it as such uh, you need a couple years in a row to have a culture change i can't imagine this going backwards now though just given the the pieces that are in place we had a lot of talent on the field two years ago and our coaching was atrocious. You keep the same talent, you add a couple pieces and you put coaches in place that that can coach to that talent and and coach in a professional manner, I guess for for lack of a, a better description. And and that's the other piece of the puzzle. And so yeah, I, I feel like everything's moved in the right direction. I would be really surprised if this past year was the exception and not the rule under this current coaching staff. So I feel like the culture is changing and that is something they're going to continue to change moving forward over these next few seasons. What about you, Chucky? New culture too soon? Too soon. I'm almost word for word with what Phil thought. I think you need a few years because, thank you, Tommy. (laughs) Uh, I think you need a few years because, you know, you have one great season. I'm interested to see if like a bunch of swag daddies show up next year or will they literally be as hungry as they were? Will Baker be as hungry as he was? Will Nick Chubb do what he does? Will OBJ return and kind of be a little bit more muted in that offense? So I think you need three years before you say culture change in any organization. And I appreciate that, Chuck. You bringing up the question of these guys still being hungry because that goes all the way back to the worst take ever that maybe the Browns should lose to the Chiefs and it'll be better for them in the long run. And Best take I, ever. I think finally, <laughs> finally proving that it's right because we want them to come back hungry next year and keep this going. I think I'm with Tom. I think that this has been a significant shift. I think this team had this potential to do this in 2019 and the coaching wasn't there. So I, I think we're there. I think this is a different Browns and a new Browns and something really good to look forward to for 2021. So why don't we take our first break and we'll come back and we'll look ahead to next season unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by the jg21 diet and lifestyle system tom brady's unprecedented run to his seventh title once again highlighted his abilities poise and the unique tb12 diet that continues to keep him looking and playing like he is in his mid-20s but not everyone is tom brady and not everyone is looking for a no sugar no fun diet. That's why I invented the JG21 diet and lifestyle system designed specifically for mediocrity. Feel like drinking that beer? Go ahead. In fact, have a few more if you want. Just make sure tomorrow you do some sit-ups or walk your dog or something. Pizza looking delicious? Go ahead and have a couple extra slices. But work in a salad here or there and try to go for a run this week. Want to spend the whole day working out or watching games and eating wings? I say, who's playing? And can we get some delivery? Just, you know, don't spend every day on the couch in your favorite sweats. Limit that to just a couple days a week. Bottom line, not all guys are looking to reverse age like Tom Brady. For those guys, the JG21 diet and lifestyle system is the perfect low commitment, low results plan. JG21, when you don't need to be Tom Brady, but you don't want to be garbage. All right, fellas, welcome back to our second segment. We're going to look forward to 2021. Chuck, scale of 9 to 10. Nine being no way in hell, 
10 being get the fuck out of here. Do you think the Browns should fire Stefanski and start a rebuild right away? Get the fuck out of here. It's a 10. <laughs> Phil, how about you? <laughs> oh man, that's a seventh toe if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 10. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Tommy? Yeah, definitely 10. I, I, don't, I don't even know where that question's coming from. <laughs> Somewhere in Cleveland, yeah. there is a Browns fan who's saying, you know what? I really don't think this guy's the answer. Uh, we need a better coach who does something different than what Stefanski's doing. That's why that one is there. Looking ahead to 2021 on the offensive side of the ball, Tom, what do you think the Browns need to fix or improve on? Let's add some depth on that offensive line. And and that's in saying that, I thought our guys really performed well. Guys that we didn't even know. And in some cases, Baker was introducing himself before games because of so many injuries. Do you remember what that guy's name was? God, no, but he played really well. Um, (laughs) And I, and I was thinking about that earlier too, when we were talking about the season and I, I cannot remember the guy's name, but he did a heck of a job. If we could add some depth there, you know, obviously the running backs were fine. You know, maybe add a third guy. I don't know. The offensive line is definitely always going to be the key because if we don't protect Baker, it's nothing's going to really matter and we can't have him running around. So definitely uh, let's get some depth on the offensive line and hopefully those guys that have been out a lot this past season have a good offseason and are ready to go. Chucky, how about you? Offensive side of the ball, what can they fix or improve? Probably a speed deep threat at receiver. I think Tommy's right that you could always use depth at offensive line but I think they need a burner to stretch the field a little more to open stuff underneath. And I'm being nitpicky. Yeah. I'm not saying that this is that there needs to be a lot. I'm just saying, yeah. What if anything, Danko fixed or improved offense. I like where our heads are at with this because it says a lot about the Browns offense that our, our fix or improve is, is to get second stringers on the offensive line. That's a good place to be in. Um, yeah. it, it, it's something that's important as we saw. And, and I agree, I agree with both uh, Chucky and Burke here. I think, Depth on the offensive line is is important in any season and getting someone out there and maybe it's OBJ if he comes back uh, healthy, but getting someone out there that could take the top off of the defense is important for our offense going forward. So uh, a speed wide receiver would be great. Chucky, same question, but on the defensive side of the ball. Fixed or improved? Oh, man, I would say almost everywhere. I don't know what's the most glaring need, probably secondary, but you also have you know guys who are injured. Uh, or have never played uh, because they were injured in the preseason that could be difference makers or at least serviceable NFL players but you also could use another linebacker and you definitely need another edge rusher and a defensive tackle so everywhere on defense <laughs> can always improve what about you Tommy what do you think on the defense fix your um yeah, I, I would agree all three levels, but I think we should learn a little something from Tampa Bay. Speed kills, man, and those linebackers can fly. Devin uh, White runs a you know four four forty. We got a couple quick ones with Mac Wilson and uh, Phillips, and you know SEC guys. They've got speed, but I think we could add a little more there. Of course, the secondary has been our, our biggest issue, um, but as Chucky alluded to it, we do have some guys that we've drafted that just didn't get to play. So hopefully we get some guys back healthy, but let's go ahead and add some more maybe in the draft or in free agency, which, you know, we definitely have cap room. So go out there and and improve that secondary. What do you think, Phil? 
I don't think there's a single position on the defensive side of the ball that could use an upgrade because uh, another edge rusher, I mean, clearly you're not replacing Miles Garrett, but to put someone on the other end automatically makes your back seven a little bit better. Certainly talking about the back seven, any speed of linebacker and any kind of defensive back that can either be another, you know, shutdown corner or, or ball hawking safety would be great. If I had to focus on one part of the defense, I would focus on the back seven speed and tackling at linebacker Levante David is also a free agent from Tampa yep. Bay. So maybe we get mm-hmm. one of the two guys. Uh, that would is be that David, David, that is, is David. David. Okay. David. That's how I know him. We, Thank we you. learned yeah. his mis- real name. Pronounced it one in the same. Yeah. yeah. We learned his real name last week on the pod. It was amazing. So yeah, really, I, I think uh, any kind of upgrade in the back seven would, would be a huge help to that defense. I think it's hilarious that this team won 12 games and we think that they need to improve at every position on defense. And I agree with everything you guys are saying. It's just a crazy way of looking at the NFL now. Last area in coaching, what can the Browns fix or improve in the way that they're approaching games or coaching these guys up or with that staff? That's an interesting question. I think uh, from a coaching perspective, this might not be popular, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give the defensive coordinator a pass this year just because of what he had to work with. I'd like to see some talent on the side of the ball and see what his schemes are like. I guess if anything, uh, whoever is in charge of coaching our place kickers, that's where we should improve. <laughs> <laughs> it seems simple enough. Don't hit the upright. Tom, how about you? Uh, maybe replace the person who's going out there and finding place kickers if it's so much the coaching as far as the player sucks but as far as the coaching you know probably take away the play calling away from Stefanski and bring in uh you know someone a little more creative like a uh <laughs> you being serious right now no I'm not being serious at all <laughs> okay. uh, I was a little worried I was like yeah. wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> no not at all <laughs> no keep everything the way it was you know maybe some help on defense you know I don't I, I couldn't even tell you who some of the, the coaches are as far as D-line coaches and linebackers coaches uh if, if there can be some improvement there then go right ahead and improve those spots um I, I agree with Phil give the guy a pass there were so many injuries on defense that you know we did. let's get some guys back healthy and then and see where we're at and then if we still suck then then start looking to get rid of the coach about you chucky i gotta say it's like the same thing you can't really judge is it joe woods is that his name the defensive yeah, coordinator? Woods, yeah. 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 yeah because there's so many injuries and again you're teaching a new scheme to a bunch of new players coming in so maybe yes special teams could use some help yeah. I, I don't know a, a punt return every now and then would be nice instead of all the fair all the fair catching but yeah again i think i'm being nitpicky i seem to remember a lot of games this year where we were all frustrated while we were watching the games because they barely ran the ball in the first half and they'd be throwing like crazy and we'd all be sitting here saying wait a minute we we're a running team we've got this two-headed monster run the ball and I think I'd like to see that. I think I'd like to see them stick more with what their real strength is on the offense, which I think is running the ball. But of course, we're, we're talking about this all in a from a viewpoint of this was a really successful football team this year. So we're not, these are not major fixes or changes that I think any of us are implying need to be made. But that would have been mine. 2021 season starts on September 9th. That's in 206 days from today. Where will these professional athletes be? Phil, where will Odell Beckham Jr. be the start of next football season? Lining up to Baker Mayfield's left on the first play of the season. Tommy, what do you think? Why the left? I don't know. I chose left (laughs) instead of right. It was a 50-50 call. (laughs) Because the play play that Stefanski calls has him on the left. (laughs) 
I have it, uh, his first play, I think we're going to have him on the bench and then bring him out on third and two. He's going to run a, a reverse and then throw it back to Baker for a two-yard game. Chucky, what do you think? I think he tweaks a hemi and isn't in the first game of the year. Nobody thinks he's moving this year. You don't think no. the Browns are going to look to move him? Uh, not no. yet. David Njoku, is he going to be on the team next year or is he going to be somewhere else? God, you would have thought he would have been somewhere else by now, considering he demanded a trade. And then he said, no, I'm all good. And then he said, well, wait a minute, maybe I do want to leave again. And then he had like one or two great catches and everybody was, you know, patting him on the ass and, and blowing him. Uh, I don't think he's on the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't well, I say that, that on the I show. I missed that on the broadcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't see how he's the Hulu delay. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's on the team. I think we've been saying for three or four years. Guy has so much potential. He's so athletic, and maybe that's where I should have said they should address it in the offseason. Is is a is a game breaking tight end. I don't think he's on the team next year. Phil, I see him in an Oakland Raiders uniform to start the season. I don't know why, okay. or not. Well, especially since the team's in Las Vegas now, that would make it. That would make it even uh, more yeah, impressive, really right? Weird. <laughs> yeah, really weird. Yeah. Not so he's completely out of the league. <laughs> that's right. He's playing. It's in like the a new flag league. football team. <laughs> it's it's that new league with Tommy with uh, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Manziel. Oh, Johnny yeah. Manziel. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't. What's his contract status? Uh, is Najoku under contract for a whole nother season? Yes. It's either that or they have an option, but he he is not a free agent this year. With that in mind, I, I can't imagine the Browns can get much for him in trade just because he, he hasn't shown it on the field. I, I, I can't imagine. And I don't know what they're looking for now that, you know, Najoku is the third tight end on the team. I mean, maybe they would take a mid-rounder for him, I guess. But why would you do that? I mean, keep him on the team. All kidding aside, I, I think he's on the roster to start the season. What about you, Tim? I agree. I think he's on the roster. We do say every year, I mean, the guy's got way too much talent and he's just not doing enough with it. But I did see some improvement and some nice plays down the stretch. And Stefanski likes to run a lot of two tight end sets. And while we've continued to add tight ends like a Harrison Bryant, I, I just don't think you can have enough good tight ends. And I still think he's good enough to where you, you keep him in the mix. All right, Tommy. J.J. Watt. Yeah, I know who that is. Where's he going Subway commercial. <laughs> yeah, Subway. He likes turkey. <laughs> where is jj watt at the start of the next football season i would actually like to see him in a browns uniform i, I got a lot of flack from some of you guys about that but i i think that he could definitely help i realize that he's injury prone and um hasn't really played much of a full season in a while but i think he could help and the fact that the steelers are interested too um just tells me that we should be interested because i don't want them to have them i don't think we need two watt brothers coming and killing baker so you know three all three of them right yeah. yeah. Well, the other one's a fullback. If he's on the field killing him too, then that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is crazy. You're right. And yeah. and, and illegal. <laughs> too many guys on the field. Chucky, what do you think? Where is J.J. Watt going to be when the season kicks off next year? Green Bay. I think he ends up there. I know I kind of poo-pooed on you, Tommy, in the text saying uh, I don't want him, but there's a stat basically for everything and anything in the NFL. And I did see out of all like defensive ends or, or pass rushers, basically – he was like fourth, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett. I can't remember who was third. And he was fourth, like who pulled the most double teams from offensive lines all year. So I guess maybe it isn't that his skills are eroding as much as like he's being doubled all the time. So mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Tommy, maybe you're yeah, right, okay. but I still think he's a Packer. <laughs> I want to get him, but I don't want to give up a lot. If you, if you can get him for, you know, a decent contract, that's not something yeah. that's, 
you yeah, know, of for maybe a one-year contract. You know, some of you guys said maybe like five million for the year or something like that. That makes sense. I, I don't want to throw some huge contract at the guy, but um, you know, but he's definitely somebody I think that could help. And if he could help free up Miles possibly. Or Miles helps free him up, one or the other, and you know, put some more pressure to give our back seven some help. What do you think, Phil? JJ Watt, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the Pittsburgh Steelers? I would like to see him in a Browns uniform at a discount. I think that guy, now that he's been released, uh, he's he's an unrestricted free agent. I think he's going to sign somewhere for one year. For a, if he's giving a discount, it's a year that he thinks can win a championship next year, right? It's it, as as much as we feel the Browns are right at that precipice. I don't think I'd be surprised if players in the NFL were looking at the Browns, thinking, "Oh, yeah, they're they're next year's championship team." Right. So I, that's I, I kind of feel JJ Watt's going to look at, and and I don't the, the Pittsburgh thing is about his brotherhood, nothing about a championship because they're still ending up third in the division. But the the Buccaneers, I think, is a good possibility. The Packers, that was interesting, Chuck. I could I could see that in the same in the same vein. Somewhere where he can go sign for a year at a at a moderate level and perhaps hoist a trophy at the end of the season. I did like the idea of having him on the Browns because he doesn't have to be JJ Watt on that defensive line, right? He doesn't have to play every down. They could just bring him in for pass rushing downs. He's not going to be the focus because that's going to be Garrett. And, and maybe he does get a chance to goose up some of those numbers back to what he used to be doing simply because he's not like the main focus of, you know, the offensive scheme and how they're going to try to protect their quarterback. But I I tend to agree that he's nearing the end of his career and the Browns might be two years away from where that guy wants to be. This one's going to get emotional, fellas. Where is Andrew Sandejo playing on September 9th? Uh, Conquifa. It's a soccer league. (laughs) He's also with the Uh, Oakland Raiders. No, I, uh, Anderson... Sandejo is a free agent. Was his first uh, name Anderson or was it Andrew? Is it Andrew? Are you sure about that? I don't that? know. I thought uh, it was Andrew. I kind of like yeah. Anderson. <laughs> to yeah. me, he only has one name, like Sandejo or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Madonna. <laughs> it is it is Sandejo. Yeah. I've actually never known his first name until yeah. you just brought it up. <laughs> I, I think he's an unrestricted free agent, so I, I can't imagine his phone is ringing from uh, Berea at all. So he will end up, I'm going to say he's going to end up in Cincinnati next year. Tommy, where do you think Sandejo ends up? Uh, Cincinnati is a place where maybe he belongs. I think that's a great <laughs> idea, Phil. I, I would love to play him twice every year that's right. that's and right. light them up for 500 yards. I guess he could still find a place on a, a you know team somewhere if he can hide the film from all the games this year. If he can burn all those tapes... He might have a chance, but I, again, yeah, somewhere like Cincinnati or, you know, a team that's down <laughs> towards the bottom of the league, someone will pay him, you know, and throw him out there. What do you think, Chucky? Any chance Sandejo is still on the Browns when the 2021 season starts? I don't think so. I think they make the draft a priority for defense, especially secondary. I don't think he's on the Browns. I don't know who has the most cap space. Is like I could, maybe like Jacksonville or Carolina, somewhere there who they have some money to spend and they need some depth. I, I, I don't see him on the Browns, but I think he's, in a, he's a, on an NFL roster next year. I don't think you need much cap space to get him, but... <laughs> Good point. Tom, if Sandejo leaves, who's going to hold the ball on kickoffs when it gets windy? Well, let's see. Who could fill that spot? Scottish Hammer. He can that, do that, that offensive lineman that I don't know his name. Who <laughs> third string that would be outstanding. Yeah. Bring out a backup guard yeah, not, to hold not? the ball. <laughs> he can do it. I'm going to have to go with that guy. All right. Well, the, that the guy. nameless offensive lineman. The nameless offensive lineman going to help us on the special teams that apparently needs a lot of work going into next year. Thank you guys for taking some time to look forward to 2021. 
with me. I'm sure we'll have plenty of opportunities to talk about the Browns, but let's take our last break and then we'll head off the field. Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Everyone loves day drinking. Am I right? Nothing better before, during, and after a game than a few beers. But what if your few beers turn into 15? If you're an average Joe, it's probably no problem. But what if you are an international podcast guest superstar? Are you worried those few beers might impact your podcast performance that night? Then you need the Berkalyzer, the only breathalyzer designed specifically for podcasters. While normal breathalyzers measure irrelevant, subjective factors like blood alcohol content, The Berkalyzer cuts to the chase and gives you real-time data about how your beers are impacting your hot takes, the length of your stories, and those perfectly timed F-bombs that show your edge. With the Berkalyzer, you never need to worry about being too sober or too drunk before you take the mic. Drink up and pod with the confidence that only the Berkalyzer guarantees. All right, fellas, welcome back to our Off the Feels segment and let's start with the entertainment industry and you guys know how much i love talking about player empowerment and i want to know if you guys think it's starting to happen in the entertainment industry two examples number one taylor swift is in the process of re-recording her first six albums because when she recorded them on her first deal she didn't actually own the music and so she's going back to re-record them so that then she will own uh, masters of those versions of her albums so that she can use them however she wants and i don't know if you guys saw earlier this week also that the Chappelle show is back on netflix and hbo because both agreed to give Chappelle a cut of whatever the the profits were and so there's two examples of artists kind of pushing back on the traditional structure of power in the entertainment industry and i'm wondering if there are ideas or observations or are there conditions right now that are making it easier for artists to do this. Chucky, we'll start with you. I think there is, if you are at the top of that field. Mm -hmm. So Dave Chappelle is arguably the greatest comedian on earth at this point. And Taylor Swift is arguably the greatest musical act, at least when it comes to sales, record sales, tours, merchandise. So I think if you are at the top of your game and you wield power like that, yes, then, then I think they can snatch back some of that stuff from labels or network and take control more control of their creative energy is that the right word to use there uh or at least their previous creative energy they they should own a lot of that especially recording artists they should own that stuff so i'm happy to see taylor swift kind of step out and do that where where most artists as we've talked about on previous pods are selling their library and their rights she is trying to take control of her and and that's one of the things that it just seems like there's a a different dynamic here because rock and roll history and music history is just just full of these stories. I mean, almost every big band has their terrible story of signing that first contract where they didn't get to own any of their music and then learning five years later, 10 years later about all the money that they lost on that deal. And it seems like maybe uh, social media or just the access to this stuff is so readily available directly to fans now that it's changing that dynamic sum and and maybe putting more people in power than just those at the top of the mountain for sure. Phil, what do you think? You know, part of it is to Chuck's point. Yeah. These are the apex, right. Uh, you know, be it Taylor Swift or, or um, Dave Chappelle, they wield that power for sure because of their status in their fields. I wonder too, if, if you kind of just touched on it, the social media aspect of it, a person like 
Taylor Swift or Dave Chappelle or, or anyone else that's, you know, that high in their, in, in their art, they have access to their fan base direct line, right? So through social media, someone like Dave Chappelle can say, hey, listen, Comedy Central and their, their ownership screwed me over. Please stop watching my show. And these fans stop watching or take it another step and unsubscribe from whatever it might be and force the hand of the people that do own the rights. And, and all of a sudden they look at it long term. And I think this is what just happened with Chappelle, where he actually finally got paid. And, and it escapes me who owns Comedy Central right now. I don't know if it's Viacom or I, I forget yeah, who it is. It is. I'm sure they looked at this and go, all right, Netflix did Dave a solid, but all of Dave's fans have stopped everything. They, they aren't subscribing to anything that carries Dave Chappelle. Um, we got to pay this guy because long term, once we get it back out there, we get our cut too. He gets his cut. We get our cut going forward. The Taylor Swift scenario is interesting. I didn't know about that. So she is re-recording six albums and that gives her rights because they're secondary recordings. Well, she'll have the rights in those new recordings that she creates. And I'm she sure have to change she's a word, like one word in every song. No, I think she <laughs> still would own a portion of whatever she makes on those six new albums to whoever actually owns the rights to those songs. Yeah. But instead of somebody being able to sell a song and give her a penny, she gets to sell the song and give somebody else the penny and keep everything else is the way to work with the new six albums. I'm all for that. I, I think the artists, none of these people are starving, right? Let's get that straight. But, but at the same time, I mean, this is their, their art, their product. Um, I guess the, the Chappelle thing was interesting to me. I, I always assumed he was extremely wealthy because of his deal with Comedy Central. And apparently he never got paid at all through Comedy Central. And, you know, and obviously he made other income through tours and things like that. But yeah, I don't, I, I think these guys should get, get their fair share for sure. Tommy, give us the man's perspective. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, <laughs> what, what, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, as, as the man in this segment, let's talk Taylor Swift. That cardigan song, that is outstanding. I don't know that I have a whole lot to add. Obviously, Chucky's our music guy. I think it does have a lot to do with leverage. I mean, you know, again, you are talking about Chappelle and Taylor Swift, um, but hopefully some of these other acts can start to get something because they haven't been able to tour for o- over a year now. Yeah, they're not selling anything on these, you know, as far as CDs or 45s, I think are still big right now. Um, they're coming back. Yeah. So, you know, they've been able better. to sell a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. That popping noise in the song is really nice. The record is, I, I, I think that's great. So, yeah, I think a lot of it just has to do with leverage. But, you know, maybe maybe some of the these acts like a Taylor Swift and Dave Chappelle can can help some of these other acts along and, and you know, and they can build off of that. And these people can start owning their their own material and you know start making some real money because it's other than touring you know they don't have a whole lot of ways of of making the money like they used to all right let's talk about science for a little bit archaeologists have discovered a 5,000 year old brewery that could produce thousands of liters of beer in an ancient Egyptian city. Is this good news or bad news? Uh, how could um, this possibly be bad news? <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, it's beer, so it's got to be good news, right? Uh, I guess, unless it's just crap. And then, well, have I you ever know. had an Egyptian beer, Tom? I don't think that I have. And many times I've been over there, I, I don't think I ever had their beer. So, <laughs> What's your favorite part about traveling to Egypt, Tom? Uh, obviously the pyramids. I used, to, <laughs> I used to run to the tops of almost all of them um, every trip. And thus, the reason why I look as good as I do. I would, can I say this is, would be bad? There's nothing yeah, positive sure. about, and not that it's old, but I've seen Indiana Jones and I've seen the mummy 
Anytime you open up anything that old, there's usually a curse associated with it. So I don't, want to in that beer. I don't want to ingest the curse. All right. So Chucky's no on Egyptian beer. I didn't Tom's think of it that way. It, apparently he loves it. Uh, Denko, how about you? Where do you feel? Where do you fall on the 5,000-year-old uh, Egyptian beer question? They found an actual brewery that they think can work still or they found like a recipe for the beer they were making 5,000 years ago? Well, neither of those things. They found what they believe was an old brewery, but they're not going to try to use it because it's basically clay pots. So uh, I don't see how I don't think they found the recipes either uh, because I then, don't think they were writing things down on paper then. Well, no, Sanskrit, but they're, they're in no way does this benefit us at all then, right? I mean, right? They, they, <laughs> they dug a hole, they found an old restaurant. I don't know. <laughs> They're not going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I so. think it was a fatheads, actually. Um, <laughs> Phil comes down on the side of archaeology is stupid. Okay. <laughs> I love Indiana we... Jones, man. Damn it. I don't want to come down on that side. Indiana Jones gives us a nice segue into mm -hmm. movies because I read earlier this week that there is a face-off sequel in the works, but they're going to recast some no. original people. Oh, come on. Gotta have Travolta. So, Nick, so, Nick, Cage. Cage. Nick Cage. Do you guys all remember the movie Face Off? Oh, yes. do. Yeah. I actually owned a copy of that movie, which was not as bad a decision historically as my choice to buy the second Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch album. <laughs> but it's it's right up there. <laughs> That's a good scale right there. There's a scale in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but Face Off is great because Nicolas Cage is 100% Cage for the first half of the movie. And then he becomes Travolta and Travolta becomes him. And the Travolta has to act like Cage, which he really can't do well. You know, that was also a John Woo movie. Other than the absurd changing faces storyline, it's a pretty good action movie, I suppose. <laughs> so Chuck, what's your favorite part of the original face-off? Ooh-wee, I'm good looking. That line uh, was delivered. I thought they both should have been nominated for Best Actor. It's it's weird because I actually fall asleep watching movies uh, every night, and the day before that news was announced, I put Face Off on. I didn't really? make it three. I didn't make it three minutes into it before I was asleep. There wasn't uh, a single Face Off yet. No, there were no Face Offs. Uh, I said something to my much younger wife and said, "Am I that old that they're already remaking movies that I was a teenager when they came out?" And she said, "Yes." So apparently it's okay. They're remaking Face Off. Well, it's interesting that it's not a remake. It's a sequel. It's not a remake. A sequel. It's just people walking around with new faces. Like they're just living yeah. their lives. Face Off again. <laughs> faces Off again. Face. <laughs> this is awful. Faces Off would I think be the best title for the sequel. Yes. But yeah, right. who, who's watching this? Anybody? Let's say COVID goes away and we can go to movie theaters again. Tommy, are you spending some money to take your kids to a movie theater to uh, to watch Faces Off? No, I'd probably go alone. Um, I don't want them <laughs> ruining it for me. Um, you know, I don't need them talking and asking questions about, you know, why is his face on his body and, you know, vice versa. I, I don't need that. I, I want to be focused. What about you, Denko? Are you going to be watching Faces Off or Face Off 2? Probably down the line at some point I'll watch it because it's there. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know why this is a good idea. There, there, there seems to be an infinite number of other movies produced that could use a sequel or a prequel or a retelling or whatever, but faces off. That surprises me. <laughs> You're talking about Con Air, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Snakes on a plane too. Even snakier. <laughs> Terrible time. I'm cutting that joke. That was awful. <laughs> Trying even snakier isn't funny no no yeah. it's not all right tommy how is the weight loss coming this week uh it's going well i'm up to uh 26 pounds 
Hey, wow, nice. Work, man. Awesome, Tommy. Thank you. The pace awesome. continues. The pace continues, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going well. So I'm feeling pretty good. Starting to notice it. Certain things are fitting better than they used to. Like what? Your hat looks good. Like like my <laughs> like my wit yeah. The hat used to just like pop right off my head and now it's staying. Like, Do you feel um, like you've lost most of the weight in the top of your head? Yes. <laughs> Mostly in my Damn head. It. Yeah. It's never where you want it. No. Yeah, the gut is still exactly the same, but the head has shrunk. Now, I noticed it with, uh, I really didn't have a winter coat that was fitting me very well and uh, had to had to go out and do some shoveling and stuff today, and the winter coat was fitting. So I was uh, nice. pleasant, pleasantly right. surprised. So what is the best Nutrisystem meal that you've had so far? Good question. Probably the chicken parm, which has some spaghetti with it. It's not bad. Oh. Yeah. Most of the All stuff right. is actually pretty good. It's just, you know, obviously it's very small portions, but I haven't really had anything that I didn't like. And a lot of the snacks are good and stuff too. So yeah, it's not bad. Is anyone interested in upping the push-ups from 125 to 150? <laughs> I'll do it. See, I mean, I'd be no, fine. Takers, I, no takers. I'm, no takers. We're not doing I'm, it. I'm fine with whatever whatever number yeah, Burke. Whatever you guys want to do. Fine. I think we'll stay at 125 because I keep waking up sore the next day still. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking. I'm not looking to be a hero. And we, we got a, a bunch of guys in this group to keep alive. If we go up to 150, I'm not sure that's going <laughs> to Incl- happen. Including the lunch. Including the one who was uh, the main reason for this. Uh, let's right. let's keep him alive. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm right. starting to feel some pec muscles though. It's it's amazing. Nice. Boys. All right. There it All is. Right. All yeah. Right. Hot stuff. Way yeah. to go, Tommy. Pretty pretty soon, I'm going to be on the next Baywatch. <laughs> they got to be Baywatch remaking two? that one soon, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. For, they got to remake it for like the fourth time. All right, boys. We are out of time, and I am out of questions for now. Have a great week, and let's do this again real soon. Okay, fellas. Sounds good. Sounds good. That motherfuckers is a professional segue. Did you see how I did that? I didn't even have that shit written down, man. I'm telling you, man, you're wonderful callback too to the you're really yeah. You're getting really good at this. Really good at this. Welcome back for segment. I'm so yeah. good at this now. I'm getting so great at it. So great at it. What a segue. What a segue. Stay hungry. You got to stay hungry, man. You stay hungry. <laughs> Look at the I swag. Think... Look at the swag daddy. I think I know what my first outtake is going to be. I like the use of swag daddy. Yeah. Popped into my brain. Like if I see any swag daddies next year, I'm. Chuck, Chuck's got like his his Iron Man beard or something going on right now. No, it's just white, basically. Oh. <laughs> I should, actually, uh, have have any like of you seen the thing. the last Mission Impossible? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. with oh. Superman in it. Right. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah. that's that. Like that. That's what I'm envisioning is the longer mustache and the yes. shorter stubble. But I just figured out I look ridiculous, and I'll just keep going with it for a little while. <laughs> the, the only thing I remember from that movie other than that dude's mustache is when he got into the fist fight in the bathroom he like yeah. cocked his arm he cocked his arms he cocked awesome. his arms like they were guns <laughs> awesome. great i gotta do that fantastic all right can you guys shut up for a few seconds yeah, get this thing started <laughs> somebody's kid better shut up they can, can hear you, hear you. quiet <laughs> I almost canceled because I'm like, this isn't going to work. They're off from school tomorrow now and just everything's ruined.
Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad you didn't cancel, Tom. Thanks for yeah. thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, well, good luck with what you hear in the background because God right. knows.